don't tell anybody I brought a Diet Coke up here. <laughs> we have a couple of clips this morning we want to share with you, and then I'm going to comment on those, and then I'm going to comment on uh, some others that come in later on uh, in our service this morning. Some of these may be very familiar to you from things we've seen on the television or on the news. Stuff sure is happening, isn't it, friends? My goodness, my Lord and my God, it is happening. My hope this morning is that uh, maybe I can just share a word of encouragement in the body of Christ, and maybe I can help or even equip you as you are walking in this world so that the peace of Christ and the grace of God swells within you, dwells within you, uh, the title of the sermon is Finding Stability in an Unstable World. I could use stability. I could use balance. I could use perspective. But somehow or another in the midst of everything that's going on, that we as the brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God might find a place and might find a space that we can remain stable in our faith, balanced in our faith, and keep our perspective, not only for ourselves, but for those who are around us. Now, frankly, it seems to me that uh, ever since Adam and Eve left the garden, there has been chaos and instability and craziness, whatever craziness is, but I think craziness captures it, craziness in our world. And uh, ultimately, I believe that's the devil's attempt just to create for Christian men and women, turmoil inside or insecurity, which is something we really need, are some way an attempt to draw us away from God. And so that's been our challenge. It's been humanity's challenge ever since the beginning of time. The reality also is, is that God is faithful and God is strong and God is all-powerful and God is all-knowing and the scripture says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. One of the interesting things since I retired is that I have extra time on my hands. Some days that's a good thing and some days that's not such a good thing. One of the things that I find to do with some of that time, and once again, a good thing or not a good thing, is I find myself listening to the news on a more current basis than I used to when I was in the ministry. I always felt like I was chasing the news rather than reading it as it was going on. One of the things that uh, Deb and I do when she gets off of work at night is oftentimes we'll listen to the local news if she gets home soon enough. And then we'll tune, tune into the nightly news with Lester Holt. And if I make it to the end of the nightly news, because it's usually pretty upsetting or depressing or whatever, if I make it to the end of the nightly news, he usually has a feel-good story, some word of encouragement, some testimony of a person of what they've done or how they're helping somebody else. I wish they'd put that at the beginning of the news to kind of set the stage for what else is going on. But anyway, I, I guess I'm not in charge and they'll do what they do. But this morning, I wanted to just come this morning and I gave you a, just a snippet of the clips and the pictures that are up on the screen. But I want to tell you this morning that as we, and men, we as men and women of Christ live in this world, 
I hope and I pray that somehow or another we keep perspective of what's going on. We keep somehow in the light of Christ, the grace of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the love of Christ, perspective of what's going on. Now, I'm not talking about living under a rock. Friends, you know that I lost a son just as well as Debbie did, so I understand some of the hard stuff of life. But what I also understand is the goodness of God as we walk those journeys. I was listening yesterday, it's been several days ago now, to the testimony of a young woman. One of the, um, I don't know that it's good or bad, but one of the things that I find myself doing some days uh, is uh, to, to turn on YouTube. Did any of you watch YouTube? You know, there's more woodworking shows on YouTube. <laughs> there's also, in my, if my dad were still alive, he would have enjoyed, enjoyed all the farming shows that are on YouTube. And sometimes I watch the homesteading shows on YouTube. I don't want to go homesteading, okay? I like something in this little room that goes whoosh when you're done, all right? I've used those other things, and they don't impress me. But this one homesteading show that I watch, uh, he was a young man in the military. He was discharged because of uh, some real serious health issues. They had just married. They had a little girl. And since then, they've had, she's had eight miscarriages. And she was just had paused in one of those uh, YouTube videos the other day just to give testimony that through all of those eight miscarriages, she says, God's grace, she, he just kept giving me grace, and then he gave me more grace, and then he gave me more grace, and he gave me more grace. And I'm thinking, that's the message we need to put on the evening news, that God is still continuing to give us that grace. A long time. And I would almost bet it's been close to 40 years ago, I was on a lay witness mission. I loved it when Bishop um, Beard talked about lay witness missions last Sunday. I was on a lay witness mission in southern Indiana, and uh, I usually was the youth leader for the missions, but I also did the music for most of those lay witness missions. And uh, a young man came up to me. It was on Saturday morning after we had finished our time together, and he came up to me out of the clear blue sky, and uh, he said to me, he says... Um, what does God really do for you? And, you know, in one of those Holy Spirit moments, he just gives you the right words. And I, I, said, I said, God just gives me perspective. I said, I have the hope of today, and I have the hope of tomorrow. I have the promise of his mercy for the past. I have grace that's sufficient. And then the new day that's coming. And that conversation continued for a while, and I frankly, I don't remember his circumstances. But what I do remember before the weekend was over, he gave his heart to Jesus. I was at Deb's church when she was still at Neoga before she came up here, and the same thing happened during a confirmation class at her church. Some, a confirmation class at her church, some young man came up to me and said, what, what is it that Jesus really does for you? Debbie talks about that all the time, but what does he do? And again, I said, he gives me perspective on life. Not only gives me help, he gives me mercy, he gives me strength, he gives me, and I could just go on and on and on. But I said, he gives me balance. He gives me perspective in my soul. And so, um, 
I was just thinking about those things weeks ago now as I was thinking about what I might share this morning. So I've got a, a let me give you one more story. This is dangerous, <clears throat> but the clock's in large print so I can see it. <laughs> sort of. Wait a minute. No, I can't. Yes, I can. Um, I remember uh, perspective. I remember some folks in the first church that I pastored. She was 98 when she went home to be with the Lord. And I remember she was in, the last several years, she was in a care facility, and I walked in to see her one day, and she was just hot. Now, I had never in my life seen Treva hot before, and she was hot, and I said, well, Treva, what's wrong? And she says, Randy, these old people in this nursing home, she says, don't they know they're going to die soon? She says, and they don't want to listen to me talk about Jesus. Perspective. Let me tell you another story. Her son was in the hospital with cancer. And I went in to see him one day. His name was Harold. And I went to his room, and his room was empty. And my thought was, well, Harold's gone home. So I went to the nurse's station, and I said, I was just looking for Harold. Is he here? This nurse got this disgusted look on her face. She says, doggone him. He's out praying with people in the unit again. He had used what he had just as a medium and a tool to talk to people about Jesus. Perspective. So I come up with three verses, and they just happened to have appeared over the last several months in some of my private devotional time, reading time, prayer time. So I just want to run through these this morning and give us just a bit of encouragement. The first one comes from Nahum 1.7 that Lynn read just a few minutes ago. It says, The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. I think it was last year I started reading through all of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. Nahum was one of those, and in this chapter, uh, first chapter in the seventh verse, he was talking about a stronghold in the day of trouble. Nahum was the seventh of the 12 minor prophets. He lived about 700 years before Jesus, seven, 800 years before Jesus. He lived in a time when the king of Judah was the worst, most evil, nastiest king that Judah ever had. And he was a prophet during that time trying to call people to repentance. And I'm sure, I have no doubt, that when he wrote, the Lord is good, he understood what was bad. I have no doubt at all then what he said, the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble, that he clearly understood what trouble was. And I also believe with all of my heart that he wrote, those who trust in him, meaning God, he says that those who trust in him, meaning God, those who trust in him, God knows. And he understood what that meant. I'm sure there were days when his life was in danger. I'm sure there were days when, when his life was being threatened. And there are days when he was ready to give up. But he said this clearly and strongly. He said, God is good. Say that with me this morning. God is good. I think it's helpful for us and encouraging for us to remember that God is good. 
And I think for us, it's also helpful if we just say it out loud sometimes. Now, I don't expect you to go to the mall and go up and down. Well, there was not very many people in the mall, so. (laughs) I spent a lot of time walking out there this spring, uh, and there's not a lot of people out there, but I don't expect you to go up and down the halls of whatever it is yelling, God is good. But you have personal conversations with people. And you tell them how the cards are doing, and you tell them how the cubs are doing, and you tell them how the weather is, and in some place in the conversation, sometimes it's good for you to hear coming out of your mouth that you believe in the good, goodness of God, and, and I really believe it's important in our world that we hear about the goodness of God, because sometimes the stuff in this unstable world can be overwhelming, And sometimes it can almost get to the point where we begin to wonder if God's listening. And Nahum's circumstances, which may have been similar to the world's circumstances, Nahum just knew that God is good. And whether it's for you this morning or whether it's for somebody else that your path is going to cross this week, I want to remind you how good God is. I've listened to folks over the years, and and especially when I was a a superintendent, I would listen to folks tell me, well, the preacher just doesn't have anything good to say. Did nothing for me at all. And I, I I got, I don't know whether it was bolder or more tired as a superintendent, but I might have shared with a couple folks that sometimes... God's not speaking just to bless you this morning. He's speaking to equip you because you're going to cross somebody's path this week that needs to hear God is good. So, friends, I'm just saying to you this morning, you may know that with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but today you might just need to be reminded how good God is so you can share that with somebody. Let me move on to Psalms. A couple months ago... And there are several books that I go back and reflect on and reflect with several authors, several writers. And this verse here in Psalm 94, it said, My soul would soon have settled in silence. If my foot slips, your mercy, O God, will hold me up. (coughs) Now, what caught my attention was settled in silence. And I, I, I... started to do some checking, and I realized that was the translation of the New King James Version. Now, I cut my teeth on the old King James Version, and most of the Scripture memory I've done over the years has been from that King James Version. And there's a lot of other translations. The New International Version reads, my soul would soon have settled in silence in death. All right? But I began to think about the soul settling in silence. As I thought, I thought, well, what would cause our soul to settle in silence? Maybe even in the silence of death. Well, it could be health issues. It could be family-related issues. It could be world-related issues. Deb and I meet with each other. Of course, we sort of live together, so that's helpful. But Deb and I meet with each other every morning before she goes off to work, and I go to do whatever I'm doing. Uh, and we have quiet time together, we have prayer together, we, we read the Word together. And one of the things that's really been heavy on our hearts is reflective of the pictures that you saw at the very beginning. 
and that is what's going on in the Ukraine. And our prayer for the Ukraine happens almost without fail every morning. And some days we kind of get to the place where, what do we need to pray, God? We pray for peace in the the Ukraine. We pray for protection of people in the Ukraine. We've been praying for, uh, I've been praying for the pastors in the Ukraine, the believers in the Ukraine, that they will not lose hope that they will still know that God loves them and God knows where they are and God is still good. It's interesting. I think it was Thursday morning or Friday morning when we were praying. I just, I, I, I just felt this urging and I began to pray for the safety of people at malls and at parties over the weekend. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but this absolutely breaks my heart and drives me crazy, all the shootings that are going on in this country. And um, if you've read the news over the weekend, you know that in 999,000,000 malls and parties, there was no shootings. But in two places, in New York, 10 people died. And then there was a shooting of Asians, and I think it was in Texas. And I, I don't remember if those folks died or not. And it's like... In the chaos of this world, how do we as Christian men and women stay fast, hold fast, and keep, just keep track of perspective in the middle of all of this nuts and nonsense that's going on? And I, we prayed this morning before we parted company. Deb's preaching at another church this morning. We had kids and all of our grandkids might have been in yesterday. It was quiet as a bell in our house. (laughs) And we were praying this morning, and I was just thinking of those families that's lost lost loved ones again. And and I want to say, God is faithful even through great loss. God is faithful through great, unbelievable loss. And so I just want to say to you this morning that uh, in his mighty, mighty, awesome way that God is faithful, that God is strong, that God is merciful, that God is good. And it says here, God will comfort our souls. And I believe we need to remember that. And we need to live that, live in that and breathe in that. Finally, I want to come this morning and just finish up with this last verse. This verse of Scripture, 1 Corinthians, and most of the time I have memorized 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I memorized that probably 50 plus years ago. But this verse of Scripture here in, in 10, 13 says, uh, I just want to pick up at verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you. Now, temptation here, I think, sometimes sidetracked us. Some of the translation looks, says trials. So it may not simply be a temptation to some sin, but it could be a temptation of discouragement and despair. Could be a temptation of grumbling. It could be a temptation of hopelessness. I uh, was, again, a couple months ago, uh, the doctors I had for my heart surgery were the absolute best. And the nurses that cared for me were the best. But I got to confess, 
I swear one of those suction tubes got stuck in my head and sucked out part of my memory and my brains in the process. So when I read something, I can't remember where it is that I read it anymore. But there is no temptation, there is no trial, there is no tribulation that's overtaken us, but such as is common to man. And as I was thinking about that, I um, was pondering that, and uh, then, uh, I don't know, weeks ago now, it popped up on a Facebook feed that, uh, that God sometimes will give us more than we can handle, and oftentimes will give us more than we can handle. And that caught my attention. It says, because God, is, uh, God will give us more than we can handle ourselves on our own by ourselves. But it says here, he will not give us more than we can handle with him and with his help. So in the chaos that's created in this world that's going on here, know that we're not, we're not called on to fix this. We're not called on to bear all of these burdens. We're just simply called on, I think, to pray and to trust God as, as uh, Nahum trusted God and to pray in Jesus' name for his mercy and his grace. And so we pray for the Ukrainians. I've been praying for the pastors in Ukraine that they might be able to help their folks. I've watched through United Methodist News that we're sending resources to Ukraine to help to the churches that are there. And I'm praying, oh Lord, strengthen those pastors and strengthen those believers in the Ukraine that they might offer a word of help and your grace and your mercy to those folks in these days and times. So this morning, dear friends, my hope, I think, in this uh, was just simply to say that God is good. I want you to remember that this week and the weeks to come. And I want you to remember that God will bring comfort to our souls even when the stuff that's going on almost brings silence to our souls and sometimes not only silence in death but sometimes silence to our joy. And I, I want you to hear this, that God is faithful. He will not leave us nor forsake us. Good friend of mine posted something, and I'm not much of a Facebook person, uh, but um, once in a great while, I'll sit down and look, and a friend of mine posted something the other day, and it said, if you're hanging on by a thread, make sure it's the thread from the, from the hem of Jesus. And he wrote the scripture where the person reached up and grabbed the hem of Jesus and was healed. And I want you to remember this morning, friends, if you're hanging on, you, your situation might be good, but you're just being overwhelmed by all the stuff that's going on. Hang on to the, friend, to the hem of Jesus, to that thread, because God is good, and God is faithful, and God will come to us. Look, I, I, there's one more picture we found. You see that sun starting to rise? That's the hope. That's the joy. Even in the midst of the craziness, that's the beauty, the absolute beauty of God Almighty. I just want to put that in your mind and your heart, your soul and your spirit this morning. Pray with me if you would. Jesus, touch us in a way this morning that might be helpful to us, might strengthen us, might encourage us, might help us to be an encouragement to somebody else. Help us to hang on tightly and to remember your goodness and your mercy and your comfort and your faithfulness. We pray.
In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you're able, would you stand and let's